Five. Grab the rebound, put the ball on the floor. New episode of uh, Coast to Coast coming right at you. This is our first official episode on Spotify, even though our, the last one we did, it was after the fact. It was the whole, like, are we going to get approved? Are we not? And then it happened in, like, two seconds. But, yeah, we're officially, yeah, official. officially on Spotify for and, and just in time for the NBA season to end. We are now up there. Um, but, yeah, we're going to start today with just thinking of new ways that we can uh, talk about maybe the, the upcoming season, going back in history or doing lists like we have planned for today. But, uh, yeah, just thinking of ways that we can discuss the great game of basketball without the actual games in, in play now. And um, But speaking of that, uh, we may not have to wait long because the news was released that um, it seems like it's a pretty it, – like it's an uh, inevitability that – the players in the league will approve this December 22nd season. I mean, I don't know why it'd, be, it'd get reported if it wasn't going to happen, most likely. I still, I think I saw there's an outside chance that, uh, that like one of the two sides cancels the CBA, and then all of a sudden there'd be a whole new whirlwind of problems with a uh, potential lockout or whatever. But, yep, 72 game season starting on December 22nd, giving teams like the Lakers and the Heat. And especially Miami, who had those injuries in the late in the finals, giving them not even three months to recover from the end of the finals, and then um, no All Star break. There is um, there's, gonna, there's a potential two week hiatus in the middle of the whole season, a play in tournament for the playoffs. So yeah, a lot of things, a lot of things just up in the air question marks for the NBA season going forward. But at least we're starting to get some some clear dates on the horizon. Yeah, what do you guys think about um, what Danny Green said the other day about you know vets like LeBron that might not play even until like 2021, like certainly wouldn't be playing in December for the start of the season? I mean, I'm not surprised at all. LeBron's uh, longevity is because he takes such careful care of his body. And I think that if uh, he wouldn't risk that just to start in December when he could just start playing in January, especially when the team is so good around him, like, Anthony Davis could just go in and take the first month for himself and win player of the month in the uh, Western Conference, and then he can come back. And it, honestly, the regular season just doesn't matter as much anymore. And I think that he would much more, he would much rather uh, use this season to stay in the shape that he's been in before, just come in a little bit later, and then make a deep playoff push, then come in at the start and potentially get injured, and that's the end of his prime. But do you really think that LeBron is going to just, especially the season after winning a title, he's just going to show up in a suit on, on opening night and just not play the whole first month of the season while his teammates are going out there? I mean, I, I, when, when, I, when I saw the Danny Green thing, I thought it might be like a ploy to try to get the NBA and like a last-ditch effort to, to postpone that start date and th like threaten on LeBron's behalf. Like LeBron was so much of a wimp, he couldn't even do it himself. He had to have Danny Green be his pawn for him. But – 
Like, like, I, like, I think it's a bluff. On, on, on I that think opening night ceremony when they hand out the rings is going to be like on the sidelines, not playing. I, I think I, I still think push comes to shove, he's going to be out there. I I think at the end of the day he will be up there, but I think this is sort of like what what he did with the uh, the MVP votes earlier in the postseason, where he was like, oh, um, it's ridiculous that I only got sixteen when in reality Giannis definitely deserved the MVP, and that he's just sort of putting it out there that. He doesn't think it makes sense for the season to start then. He thinks it should start a bit later. But honestly, for literally the rest of the league, this is the date that makes the most sense because the season that really matters is the season after this one. And this date is the best way to get there without a even more condensed season, which causes more injuries and messes with injury and messes with contracts even more. I will also say LeBron said that he that he wouldn't play in front of uh, no no fans in the crowd and see how that worked out. So I mean, how much can you really trust That's fair. His, his word on playing or not? Right. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll have to wait and see. I think we'll find out tomorrow because I think there was some sort of meeting or call. Yeah, there's, there's some huge tomorrow. thing. Like I think they're all going to dress up as. Uh, as NBA players on Halloween and decide whether or not to continue the CBA or not. It's something like that. Yeah. It'll, uh, we'll, we'll find out by, by next week, but I think it'll be very interesting to see what date it starts. December 22nd is the preferred one just because they have Christmas day and they have, uh, they can take some more time. So the 72 game season won't be as congested and they can have a bit of a longer off season. But the real, the, the thing that not a lot of people are talking about is the, uh, the prospects for this year. There's not even going to be a uh, summer league or anything for them. There's going to be no real G league. It's just going to be like maybe a week and a half, two weeks between them getting drafted and them playing NBA basketball. Like that has not happened for a draft class before now. And I think we'll see a very uh, major drop off for rookie production this year, unless there's a special player in the wings that we don't realize. Yeah. Cause yeah. you think about it too. Some of the, these players in the draft, like, it's been longer since they last played too, because everything was canceled, like March Madness and everything. And you've got you've got guys like James Wiseman. When was the last time he played? Like November, December, December. But he only played like four or five games mm-hmm. max in college. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't even like he 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 got injured like like Bowl Bowl did a year a year before. He was he had that whole suspension issue, and then he got he decided to to uh, recuse himself from the rest of the season to prepare for the draft. Now the draft's in November. He's going to suit up for his first NBA game. It's going to be his first real basketball outing yeah. in, in, in over a year. Yeah, it's exactly. Gonna, there's, there's no way you can expect him to be even half of what he what he could be. So it's going to be hard to judge how good these players are too right away. And a lot of these prospects as well. I mean, there have been very limited training camps and everything where teams can actually see them for workouts. I mean, it's been four or five months between them playing in a college game and their workouts now. And even then, it's not as much as they normally would be. And I think it's going to be much more of a toss-up with rookie player quality this season. And I think these players have got to be given a little a bit more leeway than we would normally give rookies. Yeah. Um, yeah, we also had some big, pretty big news yesterday that was rumored for a while with Daryl Morey joining the the Sixers to be the president of their basketball operations. And also I thought it was a strange move to keep Elton Brand on the, mm-hmm. in the, in, in the mix there. I mean, 
like no one can feel more small today than Elton Brand. Like there's no way they're gonna value his input on anything if like Maury's the guy that they bring in to do everything. He, he's just some some lame duck just waiting to be fired at, at, like any any day any year now. I mean, th- like if you walk into the, the Sixers offices and you see Elton Brand, you can you can just ignore that guy. He should have been gone yeah, like, a well, while ago, honestly. Yeah, he deserves it. Like I I'm not shedding a tear over the guy. It's one of the worst GM two years, three years stints, uh, I think I've ever heard of. Like he, he took one of the brightest future teams in the league and made it into something that was uh, powerless in the first round. Yeah, his, the, the, the Tobias Harris contract was terrible. The Al Horford signing was terrible. The uh, letting Redick walk, well, I don't know like how, how, how much he even wanted to come back anyway, but that, was, that ended up not being the right decision. So is there any move that Elton Brand made that was smart? I guess firing Brett Brown eventually, which, was, which any GM would have years done? too late. Yeah, so yeah. Was, did, he have, did he have one positive? Like even Vlade Divac drafted De'Aaron Fox. Well, there's Matisse Seibel, if we're like really digging for something, but that's, yeah, like, that's not really like a franchise-changing move right there. It seems like every single pick they've had outside of Matisse in like the past four or five years has been injured for at least like a whole season already. Mm-hmm. Like Zaire Smith still has not really played NBA basketball. Ben Simmons lost a season. Joel Embiid lost like a season and a half or something. Um, and then, then there was the whole Jimmy Butler thing too with not – with picking Tobias Harris over him. I mean, I don't know – like same thing. I don't know how much Jimmy wanted to actually come back. And and Jimmy didn't want to come back. Yeah. He did this whole interview with J.J. Redick where he just talked about how, like, the dysfunction of the organization, he, he just wasn't interested in being there anymore. He didn't think he could win. And I think he found – well, he obviously found a great team to play with in Miami, but they did not make a good case to get him to stay. And I think he's now, like, a top-10 player in the league. Like, if they had Jimmy Butler – Well, we'll see and, later. Yeah, that's true. I just – I don't know. It, it's an awful uh, – GM performance and hopefully Maury can help and a lot of people are saying that the Ben Simmons Daryl Moore combination is bad but I completely disagree I think that um, Daryl Morey prioritizes uh, elite three-point shooting and elite finishing and Ben Simmons is one of the best finishers in the league and like second or third in uh, three-point assists created in the entire league so I, if you actually do a good job of getting good supporting pieces around him then I think he will have a I wouldn't say breakout year since he's been at an all-star level for two years now, but a much improved year. So do you think Daryl Morey coming in, do you think Ben Simmons will uh, start shooting threes now or what? Um, I don't know if he'll start shooting threes. I hope he does. But at the end of the day, even if he does shoot threes, when it really counts at the end of the game, no one's going to respect it. Just like Giannis. Giannis is still really ineffective in crunch time just because no one's going to respect his three. In the, in the last couple seconds of the game. So he needs to do a better job of getting a wing that can really help. And I wouldn't be upset with him if he traded Joel Embiid. Wow. Like, I'm not saying trade Embiid for Harden, but it, I, I would, I think that trade would, at the very least, help the Sixers. If, if, if anyone's going to make a big trade, too, it's going to be Maury. Like, I wouldn't, I was saying this to, like, a Sixers, like, fan the other day that I'm friends with. I was like, just enjoy the Embiid-Simmons partnership while it lasts because it's not going to be there. <laughs> and a year from now, that's probably not going to be the partnership if, if, if Maury hangs around. So, like, how much have Sixers fans really enjoyed the Embiid-Simmons partnership? Like, I'm sorry, but have there, has there ever been a duo of players where each is, like, 
so aggressively not fulfilling their potential in different ways. Yeah, this, like, this is exactly what I say, but like they're, they, they're like, yeah, just the process or whatever, and then they don't listen. But like, I don't know, every single year Embiid is too tired. He, he's shooting too many threes. He isn't, uh, he isn't aggressive late in the game. And every single year Ben Simmons is um, just not expanding his offensive game. I think the rest of his game is incredible. And I think he's one of the best defenders in the league. But both of them are very much, I would assume, not great players to root for. Yeah. Well, I think everybody loves Embiid in Philly with, with the way he uh, he does his wrestling antics during all the home games. But then as soon as the playoffs start, I, I think that his uh, his key rating goes way down. That's the problem. I mean, if you look at like, I know, um, I don't know if at least you, Dylan, you watched every single Celtics Sixers game in the playoffs this year. I don't know about you, Hannah, but every single game, the first three quarters, he was putting up like Shaq numbers. And in the fourth quarter, he just gave up like over half the games. BC just didn't think they had a chance. BC is the only one doing stuff, and he just got tired. Like his fourth quarter stats compared to the rest of the game are just awful. And then the yeah, year, I the year before, the year before he had that like the uh, the uh, GI problems and the and the injuries. So it, it, it's either one thing or another with him. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't really watch that much of the series because I just hate watching the Sixers play basketball, specifically like Embiid, and then there's like the Kyle O'Quinn like Shake Milton dudes that are, it's kind of like, I feel like none of those guys are really that much better than the other ones. You know, they're kind of just running around. I've never seen such an aggressive uh, detooling of a, of a franchise that had so many tools to work with. Like a year and a half ago, they had like Simmons and Bede, Butler, Redick. Um, They had Matisse Stiebel. They, no, they didn't have Matisse Stiebel yet. They had, um, who was it? Oh, the guy who's on the Clippers, the young guard who's on the Clippers. You guys know who I'm talking about? Shamit. Shamit, yeah. They had Shamit. They had a couple other young guys. They just had a lot of pieces to work with, and they just threw all of them away pretty much. Like, where did they go from here? Okay, so now let me ask you this. You bring in – you fire Brett Brown, you bring in Doc Rivers. You you bring in Daryl Morey but keep Elvin Brand. Is it going to work? I know, I know it's still early. It just happened, but there's so many – so many personalities, so many, so much changed in the front office. And then. Um, yeah. I don't think what they needed was to bring in like more personalities to that mix. <laughs> like, I think, uh. I think the Daryl Morey is a good hire. I think that doc rivers, uh, I said this on our podcast um, when the hire happened, I don't think it's a good hire. I think they needed someone like Stan Van Gundy, who was actually harder on their stars. Cause literally the one thing that doc rivers is known for is falling apart in the playoffs and going easy on the stars. Well, yeah, but that's one year. And there are at least three instances where he fell apart in the playoffs in spectacular fashion. And he's also very well known for protecting his stars. And these are the two stars where you don't want a coach who does that. Yeah, that's a good point. So I just think it's a bad combination. I, I hope it works because I like watching good basketball. But I don't think it will. I, I'm, I'm scared it might work. I, I don't think it will, but I'm scared it might work just as a Celtics fan. Um, I mean, Doc Rivers is obviously better than Brett Brown and Daryl Mar- Daryl Morey is a smart person. So just on paper a little bit, you can kind of see, oh, maybe they'll figure out how to get Embiid and Simmons together. But um, I don't know. It just it, it is a possibility. And I, I'm, whenever whenever teams that are rivals to the Celtics are making moves and the Celtics are just doing absolutely nothing, I, I get worried sometimes. But So I have two questions for you guys. One, 
Do you think both Embiid and Simmons will be on the team when uh, when NBA games start, either late December or early January? Yes. Yes, ill-advisedly. I, I don't think that you can make that big of a move in this crazy offseason right now. But then again, maybe you could argue that, th- that this would be the perfect offseason to do that because things are flying everywhere. It's all crazy. And why not just trade Embiid for, like, Gary Harris? I don't know about Embiid for Gary Harris, but... And, okay, well, oh, no, Gary, the Harris, other Gary Harris would be the center of the deal. They need to add more. Uh, the, the, mm-hmm. uh, just, like, they need to add Simmons and Embiid. So if you guys were Daryl Morey and you were like, okay, this isn't going to work for next season, which one would you trade? Embiid. I'm not saying for what, just like you can give an archetype of who you would want to trade him for if you want, but like which one would you want to get off your team first? Get Embiid off the team. I've been, I think I've said this so many times on this podcast, but his attitude is just so wrong for what you need to be to be a successful NBA player. Like it's, it, it, it does not matter one bit, like what his potential is. He's never going to reach it. He doesn't have the attitude to reach it. At least I think, I think with Simmons, I think his head is kind of in the, is a little bit closer to being in the right place. So you, like you can work with that. You can't really work with what I'm being offered. I think it's a tough choice because both of them seem like, pretty big babies with both of their negatives and their personalities like Embiid. Yeah. He, he's a, he's a fat, lazy slob and Simmons is too scared to shoot a three pointer. So I, maybe trade both of them and just rebuild. Just completely Murray, blow it yeah, up. Just blow it up again. Cause you know, just start you know, the process again. Murray and Henke were friends when like the whole thing was going down. So yeah, just trade both of them. Like get Gary Harris. Like I said, maybe, maybe trade for Zion and then see what happens. Yeah. I, I've been on the record. I think they should trade Embiid, and I think this will be the last season. If if they're not at least semi-successful, then if the, no, if they're not just straight up successful, I think one of them is going to be gone. I think they're going to end up trading Simmons, but I think they should trade Embiid. Uh, yeah, I, if I if it was me, I'd pick Embiid because Simmons is I think is the smarter player to build around the way the NBA is going. But if if I'm like a rabid Philly fan and Embiid's my guy because he's he's exactly. into the crowd and everything, and mm-hmm. Simmons just like plain face, even though he's he's the better player, especially for this league today. Like I'm I'm sick of watching Ben Simmons come down and, and miss a miss a lefty hook shot, and like at least Embiid it like is 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 like cares about the organization or, or like at least like emotional value wise. Like just entertainment wise, I'd rather yeah. keep watching Embiid for the next ten Embiid years. Embiid is more entertaining, but Ben Simmons is the player that we would rather build around. Yeah, so I guess it's all personal preference. And if you're asking me what what Daryl Morey is probably going to do, I mean, you'd think he'd pick Simmons over Embiid, right? Because I mean, I think I think Morey would pick. He just he just uh, he just traded Clint Capella and all every center that was on his roster for the last ten years away. So, well, let's be honest. James Harden and Russell Westbrook traded Capella. Well, yeah, yeah, they, they had a say. Yeah, oh, I, I think by by at that point, uh, Dermore had pretty much given up. But uh, moving on to the Rockets, I don't know how much we can say about this since he's a new coach. Well, but, well um, at the very least, we can pronounce this guy's name. Yes, that's what's important, Stephen Silas. He's a. Uh, I mean, do you guys know anything about him? I I don't know much, so I can't really say much. Well, I, I read. A little sting on him, but yeah. What were yeah you I was say? Like, the only thing I, I remember specifically was that they said they were impressed with like some of the coaches he'd worked with, like in the Mavs organization. So like that was part of the reason they felt so comfortable with him being a first year and basically basically giving a first year coach like a win now team. 
See, I don't know how that, I don't know how that works out. Cause we don't know like how much he's going to want to change up to the like three or nothing system. Yeah, I think there's a potential that this guy's going to get bullied and Harden and Westbrook taken over, and, and it could it could turn turn into a disaster if it doesn't go the right way. Like this guy's not going to have to come in and uh, and make himself make his presence known because if he doesn't, then all of a sudden Harden's going to be the coach of that team. It's going yeah, to be like like the Steve Nash thing, or yeah. like he gets hired a couple weeks later and they're like, oh, we don't even have a coach. Like. What does that do yeah, to your authority well, in the clubhouse? I think I think it's slightly different because I don't think, at least in my understanding, I don't think Stephen Silas really has like a long-standing connection with either James Harden or Russell Westbrook. But Steve Nash has known Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving for many years, and I think there's a mutual respect there. So I think that will work a lot better. I I I think it's good that it's a, a new coach coming in because I think they need that uh, to change up. Because I don't think the D'Antoni stuff is going to work anymore. But uh, I don't really know how it's going to work. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, he was on the he was uh, coaching with the Mavericks for the past two, three years, and there's uh, not many better teachers than uh, Rick Carlisle. So, yeah, but um, I mean, if, if anybody was gonna make it work with that with that three or nothing, uh, like threes or layups, and then the, the defense, like it was gonna be D'Antoni because he's the best at doing that. So, what is Stephen Silas gonna try to do D'Antoni better than D'Antoni did? I think that'd be stupid. No, I, I think there's going to be some kind of stylistic change. Um, I think that's what should happen. I don't know if it's what will. And I think that D'Antoni, uh, I think they should have won in 2018, but it just didn't happen. Uh, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I think I think Houston's the, the most likely candidate for trading their best player mm. this offseason. I mean, who else? Like, I guess Philly with whoever they pick would be a, close, would be a second place. But, I mean... Are you really going to run it back with Harden and Westbrook and try to uh, implement a new system on, like, not really on the fly, but it is a shortened off season. It's not going to be harder to to change things. Maybe, maybe. I mean, it would make sense to get rid of one of them now because the alternative is keeping both running back. It's going to be a similar system, like I just said. It's going to be harder to to put in a whole new offense like this and in, in this weird off season. Maybe they just want to get rid of Harden and. And then eventually try to get rid of Westbrook's contract too. I don't know. They have some decisions. Well, if I were them, I'd get rid of Westbrook, but we'll see. I I do think uh, it's good for the ESPN broadcast though, because Jeff Van Gundy is is still off the market, so that helps. You hate to hear it. Like so, Jeff Van so Gundy's got to be so tight. Yankees mad? Or you think? Do you think he actually wanted – well, he, he, he probably wanted the job. I mean, he was interviewing. Yeah, his brother got a job, and he didn't. Oh, yeah, bragging rights in the family there for Thanksgiving. Exactly. All right, um, other news to move on to. Uh, the Jazz were sold. I don't know how much this really affects anything. I bet, it, um, I bet, I bet a white guy bought it. Probably, honestly. <laughs> He's buying a basketball team in Utah. And he's the guy that invented like a survey software system. That seems pretty. Oh, that's exciting. Pretty yep. No, he is. I think he's going to be the next bomber. Well, he is a he, he is a tech guy. Sidelines. Just doing all Cloud those based all software. Long. Yeah, geez, what a boring vanilla type guy. Like, teach the surveys. Is that is that it? The surveys. Because Qualtrics. Yeah, it's cloud-based computing. I can't think of anything more boring than doing a survey, and now that this guy's going to own a team. I can't think of a lot of surveys from. 
I can't think of a lot of teams more boring and vanilla than the Utah Jazz, so it's perfect. Yeah. There you go. Hey, don't well, their fans are awesome, but – Well, their fans, like, their fans are loud, but maybe not awesome. Outside of the racism, their fans are awesome. You mean? Yeah, I mean, all that's alleged, so I don't want to get mm. involved in that. Moving on. Um, the, fan, the fan has a different story, so got to respect his, his side. In very unsurprising news, the Mavs are trying to win next year and the Knicks are trying to lose. I, uh, the Knicks are trying to lose? Um, well, it says on the, uh, in the ticker over here that the Knicks are open to uh, taking on bad contracts for uh, young players. I, I, which... I, I, uh, I think the Knicks are doing plenty good of a job not trying to lose already. Then I think trying would they, they could go 0 and 82 this season if they actually tried. <laughs> That's very fair. Yeah, I don't know. I think that um, trying to take big contracts just to get them to build out a better core is the right move. I don't trust them to do it in the good way and to actually get a good talented player for uh, the money they're going to bring on. I, I think I the Knicks should trade for Westbrook. But who's the young, talented player they're getting with Westbrook? Um, Daniel House. You know, the, the player that made the difference in the, in the second round of the playoffs. In the wrong way, Chris though. Clemens, the 5'9 the point guard from uh, uh, that, yes, Chris that, that one college. That I mean, he is the all-time NCAA scoring leader, I think. What about Paul George? Is there somewhere you, like, you make that work? Like, I don't know how, I don't know how okay. you do that. All right. Why would the Clippers, the Clippers trade Paul George for anything on the Knicks? Yeah, the Clippers just gave up. Oh my God, I don't know. My, my first thought was just to think of, like, the worst contracts I could think of, but I didn't really think about, yeah. like, the second the, part The Clippers that. trading seven first-round picks for Paul George about, and then the next year trading him for any amount of assets on the Knicks is how, one of the worst trades I've ever heard in my life. How, how, about, how about John Wall for, uh, for Knox, Frank, and, no, uh, no, because Randall. you can't you can't do that because the whole point of this is that you're getting on a big contract like oh, John Wall, Wall, but you're Wall not giving up as many of these. Wait, don't they don't the, Gri- the Grizzlies have a bad contract? Who is it? They have they have and one. Is Chandler Parsons still there? It's it's the one that they got from the Heat. Oh, uh, Solomon. Oh, Justice Hill. Winslow. Justice Winslow. Yeah. Solomon Hill and Justice Winslow uh, look exactly alike to me. I can't tell them apart. Well, well. Anyway, my my point was like, if you're gonna, if you're looking for a team with young and talented players, Bing, 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 Grizzlies. So. Gorgie Jang also, making more money than Justice Winslow. Oh, uh, I I thought you said Gorgie Jang was a talented young player that they could trade for. No, 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 no. Oh, maybe he's still pretty young. Yeah, there there are definitely some. Uh, I'm sure there are some teams out there who are trying to uh, how about, offload how about Wiggins some bad contracts. How about Wiggins? But Wiggins is the big contract. Wiggins is a They're bad trying contract. to take a big contract no, to get well, a younger player. Wiggins is a bad contract and a young talent. So you I don't get, think there is one. I don't think there is a young player in the league more synonymous with the New York Knicks like energy than Andrew Wiggins. It'd be, it'd be perfect for them. <laughs> yeah, but in the worst way possible. Like it would be awful. What they need to do. I I've been um Wiggins former number one pick. Yeah, former. Like, Greg Oden was a former number one pick. Yeah, you, don't, you don't see them. Ron was number one pick. Anthony Bennett was a number one pick. Like, we, we can yeah, play at like this we, game. We can go all day. Akeem. Like, it, it doesn't Shaq. matter. He's a number disappointing player, and he's not a player that I would want if I was the next. 
If I was the Knicks, I'd do everything to draft like Killian Hayes or something and then try and get a wing. Can you imagine what would happen to Ethan Fuller if they traded Andrew Wiggins from the Warriors to the Knicks? (laughs) Maybe that's the one that finally breaks Ethan. If he buys like a Wiggins Knicks jersey, I would actually just quit WTBU. Like just straight up. Like, anyone who owns an Andrew Wiggins New York Knicks jersey is just, oh, my God. All right, we've already spent too much time on the New York Knicks. Um, Mavs, what kind of piece do you think they should try and get to actually make a run? And do you think they could make a legitimate run this year? Get a defensive specialist. I think that would help. And I think they can. mm, They're not going to make a finals run. I think think that their ceiling is like the conference finals. Yeah, I agree with that. How about Robert I also, Covington? I don't think that's a big enough move, but I think it would definitely it's definitely in the right direction. I love Robert I think, Covington. I mean, I think someone that not a lot of people are talking about going to the Mavs that would be good is a uh, Drew Holiday. Mm. Is mm. I mean, I've heard interviews with several players who have said that Drew Holiday is the best defensive guard in the league. And if they had him next to Luka Doncic, that would be a great pairing. My, my main issue with this is that Kristaps Porzingis is once again in crutches. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's been a string of 40 games where he's been healthy in the past like three, four years. So I really, since he's been like an MVP candidate with the Knicks, so I, I just don't know if he can be a number two option for a whole season. Yeah, well, maybe they'll, they'll, they'll sign Giannis in like a year and then they can just get rid of Kristaps of and just dump him off somewhere else. There you go. We'll, we'll just wait to sign Giannis and well, all our yeah. problems will go if away. They, says five Porzingis, different teams in the NBA. Yeah. If they want Porzingis to go away, they can just tap him on the shoulder. He'll fall down and probably die. <laughs> Honestly. Also, can we just say this? Like, all these teams are saying that um, Giannis is the deus ex machina. Man does not have a finals MVP yet, okay? He's not Kevin Durant. He's not LeBron James. Wait, wait, what Kawhi did you Leonard. say? Davis is, is La Machina? Deus Ex Machina. Wait, what? You guys don't know what Deus Ex Machina is? I know what it is. is that I, don't th- I don't think Dylan knows what it is. No. Is that Spanish? No. Oh, I don't know. What, I don't know what you but Is that French? It's, it's... Hannah, can you explain it while I look up what language it is? It's, I'm trying to figure out, I'm, I'm really bad at defining things. I'm just going to look this up. So I, don't this I think up. it is Latin. Yeah. It's literally just a term saying like, oh, this is like the MacGuffin. Like you get this and it's like, it, it, it's supposed to save everything. Okay, like we, it's supposed I, to solve okay, the we, insolvable we, problem. We, we, we've got it. An unexpected power or event saving a seemingly hopeless situation, especially as a contrived plot device in a play or novel. What, are you guys college educated? I've read a book or two. So who are you saying is not that? Giannis. Oh, I thought you said Anthony Davis. No, no. I mean, it's just Giannis has not won anything yet. Like, yeah, he's made it to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. But well, it's only a matter anything. of time before he is day ex machina. Like, I, I, I know that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it's weird to me that one player is getting so much hype when he has not had a fantastic playoff performance yet. Mm-hmm. Like, he has, he's proved that, he's, that he will carry you to the first seed. That's great but he hasn't proved that he can carry you to a finals. Like if Giannis goes to the Mavericks, I think that Luca will be the player that wins in the finals, not Giannis. Giannis and Luca together doesn't make a lot of sense. I think it makes perfect sense. What? It makes sense. You're, you're putting, not there. you're putting a player whose only deep, whose only weakness is athleticism and defense 
with the most athletic player in the league and the defensive player of the year. Well, do you think Giannis and Luca want to play together and like have to share the ball? I mean, I, I know neither of them are huge, huge like locker room cancers like like Kyrie and KD. Who that, that's going to all blow up. But I mean, okay, Luka the way I see it, though, like Giannis is so nice that he was upset when they got rid of Jason Kidd. Do you think that's a guy that's going to pick a fight with Luka Doncic? Over yeah, and life? also Luka is like wants his own team. No, but like, I think Giannis back wants to win the finals. He wants yeah. to go be wants to be the number number two option on the Mavericks. I, I'm not saying he's gonna be number two. It could be like a it could be no. like Curry, KD, that's like one A, one B. It's not how it works. I mean, that's not how it works. Wait, he literally just gave you an example, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, yeah Curry, KD, Kobe, Shaq. Of all time, what are the odds that happening again? Dude, if we were to talk no, right now no, about no. which two players could dominate the next decade of basketball, they would be the first two names we say. If Giannis went into free agency and was like, you know what, up, I want to win a finals. If those two oh. paired up, it would, that would be terrible for the league, I don't, I don't think. Oh, for the league overall, it, is, it would be not, another Warriors situation where, it would be, where they would obviously win. But what I'm saying is for the two of them, they're, they are, it's like the biggest opportunity to win finals. Win okay. finals. I think the difference with the Warriors is they had so much success prior to Durant joining them. They already knew what it took. Luca has had one, like a couple awesome games in the first round. I think, like if the Mavericks were to let's say make the second round this year and then bow out, Luca and, and then imagine if Giannis loses again in the playoffs. Like the difference is that Durant, Durant had come so close and not achieved anything. Giannis and Luca haven't are not even close to. It's not like they're too far behind, but. Durant had had accomplished a lot more before he got to the Warriors, and the Warriors had already won a title and already knew what it took. I think if you have two losers join each other, it's just going to – they're probably going to lose again. I mean, Anthony Davis was a playoff loser before he came to the Warriors, and now he's a champion. You're calling calling Luka Doncic a playoff loser when he averaged uh, 30-10-9 in his second year in the league, first playoff performance against what we thought was the best defensive team in the league at the time. Where he was being guarded by Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Patrick Beverly. Okay, but like, the thing with Anthony Davis is uh, they have they have a guy named LeBron on that team who knew who knows what who knows what it takes. Who's the guy if Giannis and Luca pair together? Who's the guy who knows how to win a finals? Are they going to learn together on the fly? I don't think so. Yeah, but like, all, all not better... every team that wins a finals, like every every player's first final is their first final. Like they're. There's never – there are still going to be finals where, like, every major player has not won a final before. Like, I get that your point no, makes sense because all, the most recent finals winners have all won it before, but it's not, like, a common thing throughout all of NBA history. Like, yeah, but I, two I players, if they were often, the best and they haven't won before, they can still win. More, yeah, maybe. Okay, it definitely wouldn't be right away. I, I, can, I can tell you that. It wouldn't be like, oh, first year Giannis and Luka – are going to take it to the moon. It'd take at least, because even LeBron, Wade, and, and Bosch, Wade and LeBron have been there before, and it still took them into their second year to win a title. So I think if, like, Giannis and Luka, yeah. It's just, I don't know. I, like, both of those guys are just are huge players. I don't know. Like, at least, if, if I was one of those guys, I don't know what why. Like, are you, are you that much of a, like, are you that passive that you're going to just, like, oh, yeah, me and him can just share. No, I, I want to get my own team together and, and, and beat that guy. Well, I mean, hey, I, I don't a... know if it will happen, but I'm saying yeah. if it did, I wouldn't be surprised if they won the first year. Well, you also think Kyrie and KD are going to get the one seed and breeze through the playoffs this year, too. So, I, 
I didn't say I think it will happen. I'm saying if they come back to the form that they were before, or at least 90%, then I think it's a strong possibility. Well, I had to generalize to make my point. So if you, if you can excuse me. Well, I had to protect my point. So if you'll excuse me. Well, I'm better, so. Interesting. <laughs> okay. So, oh, is that it for news? Because this is, this is I mean, I, it's good, but it's gone on longer than I thought it would, but. Yeah. yeah. Chat's getting some, heated. There's still some more things that, that we have planned that we that we were gonna do, we can go to. So yeah, you, you yeah. guys wanna go into the top ten list? I mean yeah. at least for me making these, I thought it might be a little harder than it was to actually pick a top ten, but at least picking the ten players who deserve to be there I think was fairly easy. But the um the, the uh, interesting part, the most interesting part was figuring out the order because I think number one, you can really make an argument for three, maybe even four guys. And then just all the, the in between, um, like th there's like seven through 10 was uh, for me was a part that I was deliberating. But yeah, what do, how, how do you guys feel about actually making the list before we get into that, going through them? I think I, I think I had a similar process where it was like, it was like three players. I, I was kind of having a hard time deciding what order they should go in from spots one to three. And then I then when I hit the like seven to ten block, I think it was kind of a toss up. So I mean, I, I, yeah. I think for me, like the players that deserve to be in the top ten, like I didn't, I didn't sweat that much over. There was like one player that I wish could have made it to the top ten but didn't. But the order, like one, I didn't really, like I didn't really uh, think that much about because I thought that one was pretty easy. But it's like two to seven the order was very difficult to do in my opinion. Like I, I think, the, the I players that deserve to be top, in there. I think top three is, is pretty rock solid for me. It's just, I don't know. So many players that deserve to be at like the top of the top just had super disappointing performances, like in the playoffs this year. So it's yeah, really I, hard to I say like which one of is more disappointed. By. Yeah. Which it's just possible like, to figure out. Which is why I think that one I'm very happy with and like eight to 10 I'm happy with, but three to seven is just very difficult for me and uh, or well, two to seven yeah i'm curious to see how many guys that we have different in, in the top 10 because i don't know like what do you guys have like jason tatum in the top 10 because i don't know maybe someone does does someone have freaking like nikola vucevic in there probably not but maybe so hey did you look at my list already or something i was thinking of a lot of guys and i ended up going all the way to 50 just just for the heck of it I also because, did that, uh, yeah. I had so many just names that I was putting down, so I'm going to well order them too. But yeah, the the main takeaway for me was the NBA is pretty talented. There's a lot of this. There's a deep talent pool out there. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I was surprised by players that were in like the 40 to 50 range, and I was like, I love these players. Like in my head, if I hadn't made this list, I would have thought they were like top 30 or something. Something. Yeah, and and, they're just, and I put down all the guys that I didn't put on the top 50, and I'm, I was pretty surprised. Pretty surprised by that too. Like Marcus, yeah, Smart, Marcus Smart's not in there for me. I slipped him at 50. I really? slipped him at 50. You know, yeah. I, have, I have Tyler Hero. I slipped him in there. I, I just, I, I couldn't sleep at night without having Marcus Smart in it and in yeah. at least somewhere in the top 50. Yeah, I get that. It just had to happen. Okay, so I'll start with my number one. Uh, as much as it pained me to do so, I think LeBron's got to be your choice for number one right now. Yeah, I picked LeBron too. I also picked LeBron, yeah. Yeah, com coming coming off a title, uh, no one no one else. Like if you look at the top ten guys, not a ton of them really had like a, an awesome like surge, 
and like Giannis was kind of having that, but then the whole break and then the playoff failure kind of set him back. Which, uh, yeah, so I think it's got to be LeBron. Just, I mean, but it, it is very out there for someone to overtake him uh, at, at one of these seasons. I think I think next season there's definitely a chance. A couple different players have the chance to overtake him, but I think this year he was the only player that had an elite um, regular season and then took it to the next level in the playoffs and didn't take his foot off the gas. Yeah. Any more comments? I think. I mean, no, I, I think that's so. There's not a lot of disagreement. Yeah. We'll go ahead for number two. I was I was a little hurt because I, I I did want to put someone else up there, but like I couldn't put Giannis over LeBron after LeBron just won a title and Giannis like just got almost swept in the second round of the playoffs. So. Underperformed in the second round, yeah. You uh, can't two. Do it. Speaking of underperforming, two I had Kawhi. Okay, well, two I had Luca. Wow. You that, had Luca Doncic at number two. Wait, wait. I thought this was going into next season, not like based off last season. Well, it really was whatever whatever you wanted it to be. Yeah, like parameters. who you think the top ten players in the league are right now. If you think Luka Doncic is number two right now, like power two. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you're going to be right in the long run, but right now is a pretty bold statement to put him at two. Already. Yeah, I well, had Kawhi if, as well for number two. If you're already crucifying me for this, you're going to be screaming at me by the time you get to the bottom of well, my Kuzma, list. Is Kuzma coming up? Javale <laughs> McGee at number ten. Yeah, like Alex Crusoe. That's so, zero. See, I, I don't blame you because Luca is like put up a really good argument to be like a top five player, but I just I don't know. For someone who only made it to the first round and that's not on him at all, BC had an amazing series, an amazing season. I don't know. But that that I was not expecting that. Interesting. All right. And third, uh, I got Giannis. Third, I have AD. Dylan, you and I have an identical top three. Yeah, great great minds think alike and terrible minds think Luca's second. <laughs> Thinking yeah, that Luca Doncic is over Anthony Davis for has, you is crazy. Back 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 I didn't want you to yell at me for being biased. And also, AD is kind of fragile. He's biased so. Well, I don't think it's too biased because uh, coming up at number four, I have Anthony Davis. So. I also, I have Giannis. I also. <laughs> were you, were you, I, 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 don't, I don't think I shared this with you, did I? No, we, we did not share. I guess just pure genius at work to go at work. I know. And Identical top four. I, yeah, yeah so. I think that um, Anthony Davis is also like the only player that really kept the production up. And he had an argument for defensive player of the year. I think that um, he has to be behind Giannis because he wasn't, he wasn't the best player on his own team. And Giannis and Kawhi definitely were. But uh, next year, he could definitely get into the top three. By the way, this would be a good thing to make a, a graphic for and tweet out. Like all of our lists together, but I'm already gonna... writing out all of our lists, so we can do that. Well, I mean, you, you can just copy and paste for me and you. I so, know. As of now, like we're batting a thousand. Okay, now, here we go on the line. The the identical list here. Number five, I have Steph Curry. I have Steph. <laughs> I also have Steph. <laughs> well, I think it was kind of bold putting him that high coming off the injury, but it, I mean, it was a fluke injury. I, I still think he's going to be back and better than ever this season. Yeah, I think with him being the centerpiece of the offense again and him just constantly being an elite uh, performer in both the regular season and the playoffs, I don't think there's much doubt that he's he is a top-five player and he will be. I think it's just difficult to see if there will be like a uh, a warming-up period because he really only had one game. He's only played one game in almost a year now. Yeah, because yeah, he came back and played that one game and that was it, right? Yeah, he hit that like that, that one insane such- three-point shot. 
looking back at his season, uh, like 10 years from now, it's going to be absolutely bonkers. Like one game and then the virus and then the Warriors are done for the season. It's crazy. He had like five games at the start where he was playing pretty good, but they were still losing like every game. Yeah, and then and then Aaron Baines. I think the Warriors scored like ten points in that first quarter, if I remember. It was like forty. It was like forty-six to twelve, I think, at one point in that game. This year's Warriors season should just be forgotten about overall. I know, and I can't wait to watch them next season, which is one of my my, my interesting teams. But we can get to there's that not after. many there's not many players more fun to watch play basketball than Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson. And Clay Thompson, yeah. I think Steph will definitely be top five. And he's another player who, at the end of next season, or halfway through, we could say he's a top three player in the league. Like, all these, most of these players have a chance. It just depends on how they perform. So, Hannah, who did you have four? Giannis. Okay, so you have no Kawhi yet, is, is no. what you're saying. You're gonna, you're I just be, realized that. You don't have Kawhi in your top five? You're going to be really mad at that, me when I tell insane. you where I put Kawhi. What, one bad, like he, he still was finals MVP and carried a team to the – yeah, and he did better than Giannis. I mean, yeah, we, we, we can get to that. We can okay, get Okay, so hopefully, I mean, hopefully it's coming up soon. But six, I have Jokic. Ooh, our first difference. Interesting. Yeah, oh, I had KD at six. KD above Kawhi right now is absolutely. You're you you're, you're hallucinating. Yeah, I had James it. Harden. Okay. Um, I just he he's too elite of a uh, performer throughout all the regular season and even in the playoffs he doesn't perform as well but I just I can't put any of the players that I haven't said yet over him. I love Jokic so I had to put big. I, I love Jokic as well. Okay, I'm then, kind of sad about where I put Jokic, but I think it's sort of where he is right now. I have Harden seventh. I have Harden seventh. That's fair. I have uh, Kevin Durant seventh. I don't know what uh, – you guys are, are eating the soup on the Durant stuff. I mean, I for a player who was like – He's had injuries before, and that was a pretty serious one. I mean – It's it's I a serious know. injury, but I just – I don't know. I think that he um, – even with the ACL, he was the top two player the last season he was healthy. And I think that he uh, he definitely is top ten. I, I would take him over these guys just because I think he'll be better than the next couple guys this upcoming season. We just haven't seen him in so long. Even though we've it, like, it's a gamble. Um, even though Curry isn't that much like Curry and Durant are only a few months apart, but just just not having any uh, evidence in the last last season because he obviously sat out the whole year. It just it feels like he's out of the league for me almost. Just how much he was. He was the toughest player uh, in this top ten, in my opinion, just to place. Uh, just because we don't really know, but I think it's still. Kevin Durant, and I think that he will be top 10 when he comes back and probably get to the top five by the end of the year. Okay, my next pick I already know and I regret. Um, well, I don't regret. There's only one spot uh, 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 too high that I picked the next guy, but eight, I had Lillard, which I, I, think, oh. I think is too high because I have Luke. I'll just, I'll just spoiler alert. I have Luke in ninth. And I, 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 sh- I should have flip-flopped those two, but. It's okay. Who do you have, um, who do you have eight? Oh, I had Kawhi at eight. That's way too low. It's it's just like okay, I don't okay. know how you can have Kawhi at the very least below both Kevin Durant and James Harden. Okay, okay, let's hear me out though. Like if you had him six, that would be fine. I I did this solely based on what I thought it would be next season. So you think Kawhi's going to drop off? Yeah, because look, he's not his. The Clippers, I don't think, are going to be as good this year. There's like changes within the organization. We already know he's fragile because of load management. He's not going to have as much time to rest in the offseason. 
I mean, he's not old, but he's getting older. He's not like well, he's, he's not, not gonna like have as good like, as good of teammates around him. I think Kawhi's in his prime right now. Yeah, he definitely is. It's it's the injuries that are. Yeah, he is. No, it's the injuries. I, I, I think the load management is helping his fragility because he's not playing as much. Well, it doesn't help his chemistry with his other teammates that resent how he was being like well, treated. Yeah, Kawhi's twenty nine years old in the absolute middle of his prime. I think uh, I don't think he's yeah he's getting older, but everybody is like Luca's getting older, technically. Yeah, I don't know. I personally think that Kawhi outperformed James Harden this year. He should at least be above him. Uh, Kawhi should definitely be above Kevin Durant. And Kawhi's uh, earned it based off what he's done in his career. It's not like it's not like he had some one fluke run to the finals and that was it. In in my opinion, the only players who have an argument to be better than Kawhi right now are LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Giannis. Yeah. But I still have Giannis and AD behind him. Yeah, me too, obviously, because we already went through it. Yeah. And then, I, I, it, it, it's fair to have him at eight just because he definitely did underperform and the um, load management and stuff really messed with chemistry. I just, I don't know. It's an interesting call. I'm As go, a Lakers fan, I, I, it makes I, a lot I, of sense. I don't think it's fair to put Kawhi at eight. It's, it's not fair to all that he's done in his res, on his resume and just all that he's done for the culture of basketball and for the culture of humanity, to be honest. Okay, okay, okay. Dylan, all right, I'm all a right. Laker fan. Kawhi Leonard, okay, except yeah. for the year he was on the Raptors, he went from the Spurs, who were better than the Lakers and the Lakers' rival, to the Lakers' new rival, who were a pain in the butt all what? season long. I hate LeBron. I have number one. I, I can put aside biases on on on, um, on, on objective lists just fine. So. No one said – you guys said earlier this didn't have to be objective. <laughs> that was like we, 10 we, minutes we, ago. We didn't say it would be anything. Mine was as objective as I could make it. I it, it's up to you. It could be the list could be whatever you want. I, I'm not I'm not going to police it. Well, if, if I just disagree with the I've, pick. Uh, I've had Daniel okay. Tice in the top in the top twenty. Dude, Daniel Tice is like top twelve. Come on. All right. Uh, I had well, Luka Doncic. Daniel, Daniel, Daniel Tice isn't even top ten players named Daniel. That'd be a fun list. We're, we're, we're not going back that. to I Daniel. I can't even think about that right now. Um, I had Luka Doncic at eight. I think he could definitely be top three by the end of the season, but uh, we have to sort of wait and see. But I think he definitely deserved, at the very least, eight. Oh, and so he, so you guys, I you think guys he had an are, argument for six. You guys are hating on my boy Jokic. Okay, I had him at I'm nine. I'm not hating so on him. I love Jokic. I have Doncic ninth, but I think I think putting Luka ninth is, is probably fine for now, but he's definitely going to surge at the season if I had to guess. Yeah. How about you, Hannah? What's your nine? Uh, Jokic. That's fair. I had a uh, I had Jimmy Butler at nine. I think the Jimmy Butler stuff is just a touch too overreactionary right now. Yeah, that was my That's thought as fair. well. I just I mean it definitely is like a bit of recency bias. It's just like with the performance that he put in for the entire playoffs and leading this team the whole season, I just think he deserves to be top ten, and I had to put him in top ten just on principle. And I think he has a slight edge over Jokic just because he took his team to the finals and Jokic was Western Conference Finals. And that's really my logic there. I think it's honestly interchangeable. Like Jokic could be nine, Butler could be 10. It's just like, I, I, I had Butler slightly above just because of he went head to head with LeBron for like two or three finals games. I think like a, 
Jimmy Butler was obviously a huge reason why Miami made the finals run, and he had those awesome, those two awesome games in the finals. But like a lot of that team was Spolstra, Bam, Dragic, Hero. Like it was, it was a, it was a whole mixture in, in the in the crockpot for why they they went the way they did. I agree, but I think in this finals in particular, a lot of it was Jimmy. Like yes, Spolstra played a great part, but Bam was never one hundred percent the whole series. Tyler Hero, yeah, he was. Tyler Hero, but he was also was very much a deer in the headlights in the finals. Uh, Eastern Conference finals, he wasn't, but in the finals, he didn't perform as well. I just think that Butler has to be in the top 10. And he, I would be perfectly okay putting him at 10 and Jokic at 9, but I think those two are interchangeable well, right now. I got him at 11, so sorry, Butler. I, I had the same thought as you did going in, like, oh, I got to give Butler his due, but there, there are a lot of good players out there. and You, you have to, like, so quick detour. What do you guys think about Miami for next season? I, I think they're going to be like around the same regular season and then like second round exit. I think they're probably going to be second round, um, but that's just because I'm a believer in both the Celtics next season and also the Nets next season. And I don't think the Heat could beat either of those teams. But again, we don't know because Jimmy Butler is going to be probably the same. I think if they get back Dragic, he'll be probably the same. I think Bam will be better. And I think that's a big X factor. And I think their ceiling is finals appearance or Eastern Conference finals appearance, but I don't think they will be as effective this year. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's harder to replicate a, uh, a pretty surprising run to the finals. We also just days. don't know. Like, a lot of their competition is up in the air. Like, we don't know what the Sixers will do. We don't know what the Bucks will do. We don't know if the Celtics will make a move. Like, it, by the end of the offseason, we'll have a much better picture. Yeah, I, I mean, and going into the bubble, there were no expectations on Miami. Then all of a sudden they turn into this this finals appearance team. And now going into the next season, they're going to have those expectations. I mean, maybe they, maybe they can live uh, live up to them, but it's they have, they have a target on their back now. So for sure, it's a new thing. Okay, and then ten will be even very interesting to see. Tenth, I had Durant. Ten, you had Durant. There. I Damian Lillard was the one that I was surprised didn't make it into my top ten. I had Jokic at ten. I just um, I don't know. I was Dame had some incredible games this season, and I think he has to be given his kudos for that. I had him at eleven, but I just again the the Butler point I had to keep him in there. I think by halfway through the next season, Dame will probably be back in top ten, and Butler will be top twelve. But at least for right now, I got to give Butler his kudos. All right, and then I, I think the only glaring, uh, moronic thing was Kawhi at eight on someone's list. So I think we did a pretty good job with size overall. Yeah, sometimes you just, have, you just have to be bold because then when you're right, it looks more impressive. Yeah, and then eleven, I had uh, Tatum. So. Oh, oh. No, I, Tatum, I Tatum was thirteen for me. I have Tatum nineteenth. Uh, keep, keep Tatum away from the top ten. He, he doesn't de- he doesn't so, deserve to be there yet. I'm going to go through my 11 to 20 and just see what you guys think quickly. 11th is Butler. 12th is Beal. 13th is Embiid. 14th, Bam. 15th, Mitchell. 16th, Clay. 17th, Paul George. 18th, Chris Paul. 19th, Tatum. 20th, Ben Simmons. Bradley Beal's way too high. That, that's my first reaction. We had very different lists. I love, I love the Donovan Mitchell love, but he was not top 20 for me. Really? Yeah, I'd agree with that, too. I don't have a list, but... Yeah. Clay Thompson is also not top twenty. My my to, my eleven Clay to twenty. Thompson, that guy's the best. Again, he he had a really serious injury. I don't know how good he'll be next well, season. It's another thing. Like 
torn ACL is a lot more common to come back from than torn Achilles. I just I he's like Durant. It's just I don't know where to put him. He's definitely top 16, twenty-five. Is the correct answer. Fair enough. I I had eleven to twenty. I had Dame, then I had Embiid, then Tatum, then Chris Paul, then Bam, then Kyrie, then Bradley Beal, then Kyle Lowry, then Trey Young, and Trey then Young in the top twenty. Are you are you smoking something? Well, I guess maybe you are. No, I just I think he deserves to be in the top twenty. I think he was Trey really good, Young. and I think he can lead. I mean, I think he could if he wasn't surrounded by if he did not have a single. This season, he did not have a single positive player on the team with him. It was all negatives. And uh, John he... Collins. John Collins. Like, I'm sorry. I like John Collins. John Collins didn't even play the full season. I think he missed like 30 games. Yeah, he got suspended at the beginning, but. Exactly. Like, I, I, I Trey Young was an all star starter. You train 36th? Yeah. That's crazy. And then um, I know you guys oh. will disagree with this, but I had a Jamal Murray at 20. Uh, I have him. I have him twenty seventh. I think he's climbing. Yeah, I, I think I think he deserves to be there. But uh, the rest, I just wasn't oh, happy putting. Uh, where do you have Devin Booker? Twenty third. Oh, I have him twenty fourth. I think this is. I think this is Devin Booker's season this year. Wait, wait, wait don't take Agreed. my point. That was, that I, I want to talk about Devin Booker when we do our interesting, yeah. our interesting uh, no, players. I had, him, I had him for the interesting teams for the Suns. All right, are we um are we happy to move on to our two most interesting yeah, I things, think, I think or do you guys have any more questions now. about my top fifty? <laughs> no, I mean unless there's something crazy that you have that you want to discuss or want to like hash out right now. Um, I'm oh. interested as to where you have Zion and Josh. Oh, I haven't. I'm, I I just know I can put Zion on the list yet. Really? He's only played what thirteen games. Well, I guess plus the bubble. What about John Moran? John Moran, I have him 41st. Wow, you and I have different lists. Where do you That's have crazy. Him I, I had him 21. 21? He, he plays played one season. Okay, I'm I'm a huge and John he, Moran. He, he hasn't guy. made the playoffs yet. I'm I'm not super happy with it. It'll I'll probably change it again. John Moran it's just is like, 21. I, I think he needs I like John Moran more than most players in this list. Okay, I think I he deserves I think John Moran deserves t- to be like low twenties, but like I don't know. Okay, John Moran at twenty one is worse is worse than my like Kawhi yes. at eighteen. Yes. Oh, should, come on. in the top ten. John Moran, like John Moran, he, he was so. Who do you I have? Right I'm, I'm I'm I, I'm happy with my top twenty. I put a lot more thought into the top twenty than to the twenty one to fifty. I, I think but, you were uh, doing like best dunkers list. No. Who, who has the most House of Highlights videos? We can uh we can move on to most who interesting have, who points. Who do you have one spot behind John Moran? Jalen Brown. I have him right behind John. Uh, I am fortieth. Jalen Brown fortieth. Yeah. All right. Well, I also have Demar Derozan twenty sixth. I love Demar Derozan. Oh wow! I did not have Demar Derozan twenty sixth. Yeah, Blake. Griffin we can um. There? No. I have him twenty ninth. He's earned it. Um, how about we get another week to fiddle with this 21 to 50 and then we can talk about that later. Cause yeah, I really only put effort into my top one. To All right, let's um, move on to our two most interesting points. Obviously Hannah wants to talk about Devin Booker. So let's do that. 
floor is yours. I think I kind of oversold what I had prepared to say for this. I just think you he's going to be very excited. I, th I think that this is the Suns year to be a much better team. I think we saw a short little preview of that with the 8-0 in the bubble, and it's really too bad they didn't make the playoffs because I want to see what Devin Booker in the playoffs looks like. I think they, they actually have the players to make a trade to get a good – like a – well, I don't even know how we're ranking players now. A top a – top, well, yeah, Chris Paul I think would be good. Absolutely. But like a top – like a top 30 to 40 player I think they could trade for very realistically. And I think that all just helps Booker because he's not going to have to carry it all by himself. So, I mean, I'm in interested to see, like, how much the jump is going to be. Because I think they will be better no matter what. But. I agree. I'm very excited to watch the Suns. I don't know if I have them in the play. I think they could. Is it, they're, they're one of the ones I have, like, the biggest question mark on. Yeah. I, I think we should do that closer to this, when the season starts because mm -hmm. that would be, that'd be a cool exercise. But, yeah. Um, I think, Aiden, like like you were saying, Aiden on the bubble would be just a preview of things to come. And now Bucker, I mean – uh, like the one shot I keep going back to is that Clippers buzzer beater. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was that was one of the best highlights of the whole uh, NBA restart. I think I think Aiton is more the player to watch than Booker because I think we all know what Booker will be, and I think that Booker will definitely perform in the playoffs. But I think the real um, the real X factor with them will be if Aiton takes a leap. If Aiton takes a leap or even just like a jump, then I think that they can definitely be a playoff team. But if he's the same player as he was last year, then it'll be a lot tougher. I mean, yeah, if they're going to be anything next year, then Aiton's the guy. But I'm, I'm going to have all eyes on on Booker, though, to see if he can emerge as like, a, like an all-NBA kind of talent this year. I really want him to. I love Devin Booker. Yeah. He, he just he, – yeah. There's nothing about him that I can think of that I don't like. All right. Well, speaking of young guards who are very fun to watch, I um, one of my guys is uh, Jamal Murray because I think that um, – He's sort of overtaken Michael Porter Jr. as the big X factor for this team. Like, I remember halfway through last season we were talking, and I was like, Michael Porter Jr. could be the big uh, X factor of the playoffs. But Jamal Murray has really shown that he has potential to uh, be, I think, like a second option on a elite team. And he's dropping like 50 points on elite teams. And I think he has the potential to be something really special. And I think um, the big question mark is if he can keep the momentum going that he got in the playoffs because he took a massive leap in the playoffs. And if he continues to play at that level in the regular season, he has to start being counted as like up there with the top, with the best players in the league. I think and that, that puts I think, nuggets in the championship contention. So I think Jamal Murray is a good player, but if I had to guess, I think we just saw the best of his, that he's going to be. Uh, and he's, I don't think he's going to build off too much of what he did. Like, yeah, maybe he'll make a couple of all-star teams, but, I mean, top five point guards, I don't, I don't think he'll get close to that. I that's think, the thing. Uh, I mean, it. I think it's possible, and that, and that's what I'll be looking out for. Because if it's going to happen, I think it'll happen this year. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, he, he'll probably never have another stretch like he did in that Jazz series. Because, I mean, how many of those even exist in, in all-time exactly. basketball history? But uh, at, least like being, at least doing that consistently and being – the uh, second best player on a championship team, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fall for it. Even though I think he is really good, just not, not anything exceptional. Just uh, over over the course of a season and in the course of the playoffs. I mean, people talk about Jokic as his passing, and I think it's definitely uh, well earned because he's, if not the best passer in the league, then one of then one of like the top five. But um, Murray's passing was one of the uh, under talked about points of the playoffs, and I think it was something really special. I think that combined with his scoring, it could be a uh, they could be a really, really deadly one-two combo for years to come. 
And also at the same time, you could say, oh, well, Jokic creates a lot of stuff for Murray, but a lot of the stuff Murray was doing in the playoffs was isolation, like taking guys off the dribble, getting to the basket. So, yeah, it just all of a matter of whether you think he can be consistent enough to uh, – because he has, he's never even made an all-star team yet. So I think exactly. all-star is the next step for him and then see where it goes from there. So, yeah, maybe. I mean, who knows? He could do all NBA. He also is Canadian, though, so I don't know how much I can trust that. That's true. Andrew Wiggins has ruined that for us. Who's the best Canadian basketball player ever? Steve Nash, probably, right? I think so, yeah. RJ Barrett. Wait, my bad. Linux getting there. All right, what's your your thing you're looking forward to seeing? Yeah, so the first thing was the Suns, which we kind of already went over. But the other thing, I think the most interesting storyline for next season is uh, the Warriors, just because it seems – so much of a lock. Well, they're obviously going to be better than last in the Western Conference. Uh, that's for sure. But just, so are they going to be this happy-go-lucky, like, three seed? Or are they going to be 2016 Warriors, where all of a sudden Andrew Wiggins is, is Harrison Barnes, and they find some center, and then they're going to be right, right back at it. Everybody's back from injuries and just going on, like, another 60-plus win season. I think um, I think the, the gap between... So right now with Curry, Thompson, Draymond all coming back and maybe Wiggins, maybe a pick and maybe they trade the pick to get someone else. So there's still a lot up in the air, but are they going to be a good team? Are they going to be great? Are they going to be all time again? Because, um, I mean, it, if you look at, 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 at their roster in 2016's roster, it is, it's pretty similar if you, if you think Wiggins can do uh, what Harrison Barnes did in that 73 and 9 season. And then I'll, like the bench is another thing because now they basically have minimum salary rookies on there like Eric Pascal and uh and uh Smilovic is still on the roster I think the, the, the Warriors there, there is no there is no Barbosa Iguodala or like Maurice or even a Maurice Spates who could help them so uh offseason is gonna be big for them but I think big things are ahead I um the Warriors are actually my other one as well I think that they're um the main thing that's like the divider between being good and great is weirdly Draymond Green because I think that um, a big men has sort of been like the new thing to beat. Because when the Warriors were leading the league, it was, oh, you've got to be able to guard the three and you've got to be able to compete in the three. You can't beat them on the three, but you've got to be able to shoot it well so you're not drowned out. But now Anthony Davis is like the weapon that you have to beat in the finals. He, he's the thing you have to beat. Like LeBron is the best player, but Anthony, you have to find a way to stop Anthony Davis. And Draymond Green used to be that piece back when they were contending uh, two, three years ago we don't know if he's still that kind of player. We don't, um, we don't know if he can. He's, I mean, I think in like 2019 or 2018, he had to uh, play himself back into shape throughout the season. And I, don't, I just don't think he can do that again. So I think it really depends on how well he can defend AD. Yeah, is, is Draymond looking too much towards the uh, getting that TV gig after he retires? Or is he going to get back in the gym this offseason and – and get close to, if not the exact same player he's been. I don't know. Yeah, because there's no one that they can draft that can guard Anthony Davis right now, and I don't think they can trade that pick for anyone who can be an effective defensive well, player on Davis. Well, trade it for Anthony Davis. Explore that. Po- well, or try to sign him. How did I Davis. think of that? He is a free agent. Yeah, well, I think we all know that's not going to happen. But, um, uh, yeah, it, the Warriors will definitely be one of the most fun teams to watch. All right, I guess, Hannah, you've got the last point because Dylan stole mine. Well, this is kind of a a letdown after all that, but I was going to say DeMarcus Cousins, my other interesting player. Are you serious? 
Well, I was, I was, I don't know. Roll I was trying to be original. An interesting player when he was first team All NBA. Like, He's never been top fifty interesting players in the entire league in his whole career. Well, I don't know. I just want to see how good he is. I, mean, I think yeah, oh, we haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, are you related to him somehow? Well, I mean, he might he might come back to the Lakers. So I guess this is kind of connected to okay. me in some way. But, but like, which big man would you want to replace with Demarcus Cousins off of three career-ending injuries? Pretty much, it's not or, just, three career-ending injuries. Wait, isn't Howard a free agent again? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Your Warriors uh, actually about, were supposedly interested in him. How about DeMarcus Cousins? Uh, he's, he tries to sign with the Warriors to get a ring. They lose. And then he signs with the Lakers, but they get rid of him. And then they, then they win the title. Yeah, because he, he wasn't on the roster, right? Man, he, got, he got released. Yeah, DeMarcus Cousins is the new uh, Anderson Verjao. He's, uh, he's always on the team that loses or he leaves the team that wins. Well, Verja won with the Warriors, though. No, I think he never did. He's really? Yeah, I think he was either on the Cavs or the Warriors every time the Cavs and Warriors lost. He, he's the anti-Andrew Bogut? Yeah. Well, that was a uh, – it ended on a whimper there, but <laughs> 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 I guess I'll take it. I, I can't say I was thinking of uh, looking forward to watching DeMarcus Cousins play basketball this yeah, year. I haven't, but, th- uh, I haven't thought about DeMarcus own. Cousins in seven years. I know. Blast from the past. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see if uh, if uh, Olajuwon can find a roster this offseason. Yeah, I know. Or uh, Ralph Sampson or Bill Walton back off his injuries. Something yeah, like that. George Mikan maybe get back, get back in the league. Exactly. Dusting off the old joints. Yeah, Bill Russell finally come in. Yeah, I mean, championship in the modern day. He, 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 he can still make free throws, I bet. Free, free throws. I, I'm sure. Throws. Bob Cousy right. too is still it was still making them in his nineties. Yeah, he he was making them in blue chips. I'm sure he can still make it twenty years later. Yeah, just bring him in when, when, at the end of the game for intentional fouls. All right. Well, I think this was a uh, a much longer podcast than we anticipated, just based off sort like still a semi slow news week. I think the next like two three weeks is when stuff's really going to pick up with uh, the draft and free agency, and then figuring out when the season's actually going to start. But, uh, yeah, I think um, we'll find out by next week when the season is starting and how fast everything's going to go. Yeah, imagine that. The first episode after the season ends, basically, is our longest one and our most fun-filled and just all stuff going on. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I liked making fun of Hannah's top ten list. It was fun. Yeah, and making fun I can't of, wait till halfway through next season when DeMarcus Cousins is at number eight. <laughs> you know, at some point, I have to be right about something, so... Maybe one one of these days. Well, you guys you guys have two titles. Also, yeah, congrats to the Dodgers for winning the World Series. This is the first time I've seen you guys since uh, since they won. So. I know. Thank you. I also um love the uh, the weird Twitter beef between all LA sports teams and the Clippers now. Because uh, <laughs> the Clippers were the only LA team to not um to not congratulate the Lakers for winning, and then the Clippers were the only team that the um, Dodgers didn't retweet their congratulations for them. Wow. for winning the World Series, which I think is very funny. And I also just think at this point, just leave LA and go to San Diego or something. Like, go to know. Seattle. I'm going to I'm gonna keep bringing that point up because I think, I think they yeah. should. Well, yeah, at least, at least we all something. know that there is zero chance the Rams will win because they suck. Yeah. Too yeah. bad the trifecta, but I don't really when care. J- about when that. Jared Goof starts throwing, you, you just know it's over. Also, I thought it was funny that Jared Goff's two best friends in the Dodgers were Jock Peterson and Cody Bellinger, like like the two Cali, the most Cali dudes of all time, and then Goff's in that mix too. 
Jock Peterson will forever look like a 13-year-old. That's just all I'm saying. I hate Jock Peterson. He's had a baby face his whole life. But uh, I guess this is a good place to end it on a Dodgers talk. Go Dodgers. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.